My name is Rico, the Dungeon Master for Season 3, The Restoration of the Twelve Olympians. This season, we'll find our heroes traveling back to the lands of Eris and Enyo with Inharmonia as they adventure through and see what they have accomplished and completed by restoring the three fabled relics, the Sickle of Kronos, the Golden Apple of Discord, and the Robe and Necklace of Harmonia. We'll start with Deborah. I am Deborah, and I am playing a human rogue named Neith. Her name is Neith. And I'm Matt, playing a dragonborn monk named Ari Futan. And I'm Daphne, and I play Gilsira Venfire, who is a halfling druid. I'm Jenna. I am a cleric elf, and my name is Lix Balzator. And my name is Rico. I am the Dungeon Master for Season 3 of the campaign. Do you have a Deborah's Diary from last episode or nah? I mean, I can sort of. That so girl. who's ready for Deborah's, Deborah's diary. diary? Dear Diary, our heroes have done an excellent job in fighting on one-on-one. But how will they do coming up in the team's match? I'm really excited because I actually have my money on the other team. <laughs> About to make some bank. That seems wrong. <laughs> but it was kind of weird because instead of like resting and preparing and planning, our heroes decided to go off and do some weird things. <laughs> Lux evidently is healing people. I thought she was a, a cleric of Hades. What people die. I don't know. I don't get it anymore. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ari's all smoochy smoochy with Electo, you know, getting her in there, which would be really cool. I would love to see that fight. They're still going to lose, but I would love <laughs> to see that fight. <laughs> and then I think Jill Syrah lost her mind. <laughs> Maybe she just got a little power happy. She was like, ooh, new spell. I don't care what's going to happen to other people. I'm just going to make a volcano appear in the middle of all this, you know, this mass mob and send everybody into a panic. And then she herself gets trampled. Accurate representation. 100% nailed it. (laughs) Um, But luckily, of course, she's got Nath to look out for her. But... Neith realizes that, you know, poor Delsire is in shock, but Neith is not good with this comfort, the mental thing. She knows what should be done. She's not very good at it. So Delsire right now is wrapped up in a blanket with an owl and Neith is off looking for Ari. So hopefully they can get her clothes before it's time to fight. Fingers crossed. Fantastic. So you were there helping. Good diary, by the way. Nailed it. Thanks. You're helping <clears throat> Gelsira recover. Gelsira, 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 right? I've been saying it wrong for you. Um, it's either or. Okay. It's, it's I think it technically started off as Gelsira, and then too. people yeah. kept calling her Jelly. And Jelly became Gelsira. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been saying it wrong for years. 
just gonna go with it. Yep. Joe Cyrus, like, Yep, just gonna go with it. Like lava At this point, off you the haven't face corrected of a volcano. Us. I'm sorry. Now well, it's Syrah, Genwater. <laughs> <laughs> so you have been wrapped up and cuddled into a bed. Cedric is there at your side. You're starting to feel physically better. The ambrosia made you feel physically better. So now you just have the mental portion that you're gonna have to deal with um, at your own time. But you know that there are probably only one or two matches before the finals where you guys are slated to fight. So you figure you have about one hour to get her sorted. Ari, you have watched Martel and Pan and all them just toy with the competition to try and make a good show of it. But you know their next match is going to be the match before the semifinals, so they have got two matches left before it is time for the finals match. So you and Electo are going to be, or and Jelsira and Neith are going to have to be ready to present yourselves to the tournament staff underneath the underneath the arena. It probably an hour or so. Okay. Electo has calmed down to this point where she doesn't want to murder Gelsira on sight. Her breathing is natural and calm. Her her heartbeat is back to resting level. And she has enjoyed your embrace and the hair petting. And she has soaked up all of the kind words and kind things that you have done for her to help her calm down. So you are under the impression that she isn't going to kill Jelsira on sight. But you know that killing Jelsira on sight is still on the back of her mind. Sure. Reap what you sow. Yep. <laughs> so you are. Did you leave? Yes, Gelsira I'm looking after? for Ari. Oh, okay. Yes, you were going to go look for Ari. That's right. Sorry, I'd already forgotten from the last episode. Ten minutes. A week ago. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can begin your search for him. Yes, absolutely. You don't know that he's at the arena. Actually, yeah, you have got no idea where he's at. So you know you have roughly an hour to find him before you guys have to report for your match. So best of luck to you. Um, You know what? I figure probably going up higher is going to be easier to see things. So let's. I'm, I'm going to go into the arena and kind of walk up the stands and just start like scanning around. Sure. So as you get higher into the arena... You are able to scan the area and you see a big red figure sitting amongst a row of gods of which you have all seen before. And you see the big red Ari-shaped figure sitting with what looks like an Electo-shaped figure. But they're on the opposite side of the arena in the grand box with all the gods. I just fly over there. Use your wings. I take out a little piece of paper. Yeah, it's about 130 feet across. Paper. Because the arena (laughs) is 100 feet, 120 feet across, and then 10 feet back is where the the gods are sitting because they have that big box. I don't have paper. I look around to see if I see any, and I ask, does anybody have any paper and a quill? Nobody is going to notice you at the moment. (laughs) So the minute you speak up, you're going to scare a couple people. Because you're outside of the arena, so you would have give, been given your things back. So you have your cloak of, of voidness yeah. back. Um, so people will jump and be like, oh, God, we didn't even notice you there. Um, 
But no, nobody in your immediate area has any paper on them. Yeah, hold on. But you can see Neath, 130 feet across, standing amongst a crowd of people who have sort of kind of moved in a circle around her to make room for the void space. To you, Neath obviously stands out in a crowd due to the lack of people around where Neath would be. And that purple aura. Oh, yeah. And the purple aura if you're using Hera's Embrace. Yeah. Are you going to wave at me or something so I know that you see me? Sure. Be like, hey, Electo, does that look like Neath over there? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely Neath over there. What do you think she's doing? And I look at him and I'm like, start waving him like, get over here right now. I think she wants. I think she's, she's motioning rapidly at something. I can't quite make it out. Get oh, and I'm trying to like use my mouth like really big, like get over <laughs> here right now. What's she on about? I don't know. Should we fly over and go see? Yeah, let's go fly over there. All right. So Electo shoots up into the air. She leaves no or makes no sound as her wings flap because, as you know, her wings cut through space and time. So she just silently darts up out of the box. I want to say with a whooshing sound, but there's no whooshing sound. There's just a, and that's Rico making a sharp jutting motion upwards. I'm sorry, guys, this is an audio medium, <laughs> but she doesn't make any sounds. She just juts up into the air with ease right. and is flying over the arena. Okay, I'm going to pop out out the box and uh, spread my wings and, and fly. I do make sound and displace air. Yep. <laughs> you know, I don't cut through space and time, baby. Because you're not a, primordial god that's right just a regular awesome champion of a tournament of blood so i'll i'll waft over to where neath is and electo and ari both land what do you want and i say i don't know how it happened we can ask the questions later but we're running out of time galsira needs some clothes and i thought you might know somebody who could help with that what'd you do with her clothes electo asks I don't know what happened to her clothes. They're kind of in tatters and shreds right now. Oh, you think maybe she got caught up in all the insanity she caused? I don't want to know what that means. <laughs> we just need to get Gelsira back together. She's not in a good place right now, and she's not fit to fight at the moment. Awesome. Do you think new clothes will help make her fit to fight? Well, she could at least come out of the mayoral estate. That would be a step in the right direction. <laughs> all right. Are we down another person again? Electo asks in dismay. Well, we, you know, we might still be able to save this one. All right. Well, I, I guess I could go back and, and see if Hephaestus has a, a spare halfling <laughs> clothes. I am not going to go with you to go talk to Gelsira. Gelsira. Okay. I'm going to stay here if that's all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to check with Hephaestus if he's got some clothes. I, I'm sure, oh, ne sure Neith can handle getting Gelsira ready. Yeah, if, if you could, like, get some clothes, I will meet you back at the mayoral estate, and, and I tell him what room she's in. Okay. Great. Okay, so I'll fly back to Hephaestus and say... Uh, Lecto will fly over with you. And I head back to the estate. Okay. Now I'll say, hey, Hephaestus. Yeah. Do you, do you have any spare clothing that would fit a halfling? On me? Yeah. No, but yeah. I can whip some up for you. Oh, could could you do that for me real quick? Yeah. If you have her old clothes, I could stitch those up lickety split. Did you have her old clothes? No. <laughs> <sighs> I don't I don't have her old clothes. 
I told you where Electo he was. Electo says, though. "Hold on, just a minute," and then she darts off out of the arena towards Neath. And then, as you're walking, there is a silent landing of Electo standing there in front of you, and she says, "Get me Gelsiris close. I'll wait for you just outside the front door of the mayoral estate." Okay. I go get Gelsiris clothes and bring them back. Sweet. She looks at them and she shakes her head and she sighs and then she whip shoots up into the air. There's no whip sound. That's just Rico making a sound. Whoop. She just, she, yes, as she cuts through space and time, there is a whip sound, but no, there isn't. <laughs> and then she flies back to you and Hephaestus and she drops the clothes at your feet. Here's Gelsira's clothes. And then she sits down in her chair. She puts her arms across her chest and she crosses one leg over the other. Okay. Here we go, Hephaestus. Can, can, would you be willing to stitch these up for me? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't be a problem. Excellent. Thank so he picks up your armor and your clothes that you wear under your armor and he makes little finger scissors. And <laughs> he pretends to do some some seamstress work and and snipping, and he pretends to sew and stuff. Like you don't see anything, but he's making all the motions. But you can actually see black. You can see black wisp laced with gold, and the clothes are being you know hemmed and sewn. You don't see the physical tools, but you can see the traces of magic that he's using to to stitch them up and as he does so the clothes are actually getting clean as well oh nice the the leather armor that she was wearing looks like freshly oiled freshly tanned clean leather armor all of her clothes what i don't know what color your clothes were but the colors of her clothes are now bright clean colors of those clothes and they look like they would fit gelsira perfectly better than what they were when she had them to begin with excellent and then he says here you go and he hands them to you and is there anything else you need nope that is thank you my and lord like he's talking to you while looking over you to watch the, the battle sure <laughs> i will i will get out of your way and uh, go take these where they need to go thank you Vic. thank you again oh yeah uh, that was easy that's that's nothing you're just cleaning some clothes and fixing some tears. You're just the best. I try to be. And then he belly laughs and he gives you a big old hug um, because he thinks you're the best. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sits down to resume watching the match. And Electo is sitting there and she isn't looking at you. She's watching the match. Yeah. It doesn't look like she's going to return the clothes back right. to Galsira. She did her part by bringing them to Hephaestus. That's She's it. done running errands for Gelsira. Sure. Point. I, I look at Electo and I say, thank you very much for that. Uh, I'll be back. I'll be here waiting. Sure thing. Now fly off out of the arena. Just <laughs> There are cheers from people as they watch the, the, the singles grand champion fly out of the arena. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'll fly over to the mayoral estate and uh, meet, meet with Neith and uh, give her the clothes and say, go get... Elsira dressed. Bring her back to the arena. We have a fight soonish. About forty minutes. Yeah. So, um, I go in the room with Elsira. What are you doing in the room there, Elsira? She's committed I... suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. No, I'm honestly, I've just been thinking 
it's, I'm starting to like process everything yeah. that's happened. And Cedric is there at your side, yeah. nuzzling, using, trying to use his little body bird warmth to keep you warm, despite that you're wrapped up in a blanket. I'm, I'm using the pretty's flame in, in my hand, just like kind of just and just putting it out and just like. As you it's ignite like, the flame in your hand, Cedric like tries to blow on it to make it bigger because he thinks it's helping to to keep you warm. So you go produce flame, and then he goes, <laughs> and then you put it out, and then that just goes back and forth every time you produce a flame. He goes to try and to try and keep the fire going because I mean he's intelligent. He knows that you know to get fire going, it needs oxygen and wind. So here, have a little bit of owl breath i'm also using my druidcraft tra- cantrip to make snow fall on me like there's like a cloud and like just like snow <laughs> i'm just like snowing on me <laughs> you're just naked getting snowed on playing with an owl <laughs> playing with fire there's fire there's snow you're naked <laughs> yeah so i'm just i'm starting to come out of shock nice um but i'm i'm just, I'm just like whatever's going on like i'll deal with this later like so as you walk in here's what you see <laughs> oh god you see Gelsira wrapped up in a blanket. You see little powder snow like falling on her head. And you see her put out one arm and makes a little tire, a little tire, a little tiny fire in her hands. And then as the fire ignites, you see an owl head pop out of the blanket and then blow onto the fire. And then when she puts the fire out, the owl head goes back under the blanket. And then the fire is produced. Cedric pops out. You see him move his head forward, and you know it looks like he's blowing on the fire. And then he's trying to keep the fire ignited when she ignites the fire, but he's also not trying to get snowed on because he's not a snow owl. He's not a big fan of the cold. Right. So it's just back and forth of a little owl popping out from under the covers while she is draping or being snowed on, and fire is intermittently being produced in her hand. Good visual. That was dope. I pause for a second, and I'm just like, what? What is happening I'm like, here? Oh, hey, Neve. Gelsira, is there something I can help you with? I don't know. Is are, there are something we... you could help me with? I mean, sure. I, I, yeah, I could always help you. What's up? What do you need help with? I need you to get dressed. Oh, okay. I need you to remember all your spells. Mm. I need you to take whatever you're doing and put it into the fight that's going to happen in about... 35 minutes. Well, okay, because you're my friend. I'll do that. Neith says, I'm going to need you to get your shit together. Because <laughs> we got shit we have to do. I'm just like... I don't, I, Rico, not, yeah. not Neith. I don't totally understand why, but I'm like, okay, well, that's what you need me to do. Okay, I can do that. Because we're about to get our butts handed to us by Pan. Oh, Pan? I kind of light up a little bit. And Perry... <gasps> I, my heart starts beating a little bit. And Martel. Oh. And Theobald. Oh, I oh I, Theobald. I fought Theobald. Yeah, you fought Theobald. Yeah, you did. Well, all right. Let's go have some fun, I guess. There's my girl, Syrah. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of, you know, prop her up. <laughs> Do it for the gimp. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. I'll, I guess... If you want to give me some privacy, I'll. Okay, and I just I, I put the clothes next to her on the bed, <laughs> yeah, and I leave the room you're naked. Right <laughs> yeah. Now. All right. Bathtub. All right. Well, I I get dressed. Yeah, but she was in shock then. Now she's got her wits about her. She's she'd like she'd like you know to keep 
or she's got some of her modesty and decency back. Yeah, her her halfling jiggly bits <laughs> just out in the open. Don't look at her halfling jiggly bits. <laughs> <laughs> I am looking everywhere but her halfling jiggly bits. Okay, right, well, I put my clothes on. And your clothes fit better than they ever have before. Oh, wow. They feel like they have been tailored to your exact proportions. Like, you know how Black Widow's bodysuit fits her pretty comfortably but doesn't prevent her range of motion? Mm -hmm. Your clothes that you wear under your armor fit like a a stealthy, sneaky bodysuit. Wow. And your armor that was haphazardly made for you because, you know, this it wasn't tailored in a timely fashion to fit a halfling, now fits you extremely well. It is snug in all the right places. It gives you plenty of range of motion in your arms. And you can move your torso, like, around. You can twist and bend pretty comfortably. And you can see on the bottom of the armor what looks like little runes or little carvings in the armor mm-hmm. with a seal of a hammer at like where the bottom center of the armor would be. Hephaestus fixed your armor up to give you plus one AC for oh, wow. your leather armor. Sweet. And it is now essentially magic armor. That Hephaestus has tailored for you. All right. So I need to go to my notebook and up your AC button. Well, killing those people is worth it for more <laughs> AC. <laughs> so I have your AC Welcome now at chaotic 16, neutral. right? That's the exact thought you should have. Your AC is now 16? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had it at 15. It's yeah. now at 16. Nice. I'm like, oh, thanks. Neef, do you take these to the tailor, like in the cleaners? Like, these clothes never fit me so good before. Um, ask Ari. He got him. Oh, did he? Up. Did he came, take him to the tailor, or did he do it? I didn't know Ari. Probably could do the it. best tailor in all of the realms. Oh, well, that makes sense. Since we're in a big city, I'm sure there's a good tailor here. I didn't know Ari. Okay, that makes sense. That was nice of Ari. Wow. Best tailor in the city died. I mean, they were resurrected. What? This is Rico. <laughs> oh, okay. Telling Daphne the best tailor in the city did uh, die, oh, but no. they've been resurrected. Okay, so be now fine. they are no longer the best tailor. Well, <laughs> yeah. compared to the other tailors, they're still the best tailor in the city, but just a little bit less better than what they were. Oh, they'll be okay, right? They can't I mean, do yeah. basic, basic math yeah. now. <laughs> well, okay. Well, all right, Neith. I'm ready whenever you're ready. I guess. Oh, when you're thirsty, nothing hits the spot better than water. Bless. That's right. Bless. Oh. Bless up. Um, I don't totally know what happened, but I'll figure it out later, I guess. And I, I put both my hands on her shoulders, and I like, she's at arm's length, but I kind of just look at her, and I say, you're going to be okay. Okay. Well, if you say so, I guess. We, we just need our, our happy jelly. Our happy mm. jelly back. Well, yeah, have some drugs. Well, you know, it doesn't take much to make me happy. Just, you know, food and 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 blood. So, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why did I just say that? That was weird. That's not something I'm. I mean, it's what I think every day. Oh. So, and and I kind of escort her down to the dining room, and I make her drink some more ambrosia. <laughs> oh well, okay. Well, I won't not drink it. Like, I don't need any of this, but you. You will or will not. 
I, I will. I, I, okay. I said I won't not drink it. Oh, all right. Well, you don't get any additional benefit because you're still, I mean, you're back up to full health. You're a little less hungry. You feel like you had a nice long rest, so you don't feel tired, despite the fact that you just came out of shock. You don't feel mentally exhausted anymore. Like, you do still have the anguish from being the cause of innocent people being killed, but it's not like it impacts your everyday ability to function. I see. Okay. So you're just going to have to silently live with those demons until, I don't know, you die, or until Gelsira gets over it, mm-hmm. whichever comes first. Well, there might be a campfire later on in the campaign. Maybe I can do something to make up for it. Like kill Perry. <laughs> mm. I'm like, Cedric, did you see what happened? I kind of asked Cedric, tell about Yes. There was a giant volcano in the middle of the city. Oh, my God. People were running and screaming. People got stepped on. It was chaotic. Mm. Well, I thought it was... I the guess butterflies didn't go anywhere, though. Oh, that's good. Okay. I was able to eat a plenty. Well, I'm glad you were still able to eat butterflies. <laughs> Me too. It smelled like fire and sulfur. I've never seen a volcano up close. And then it just disappeared. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was kind of... That's how it works. Yep. Ha-ha. <laughs> you saw a volcano. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you say? Need ready to go to the arena? Let's go. Okay, I just kind of scamper over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll fly back to the arena and float my happy ass back up to where Electo's at. And then Electo looks at you and she says, are you about ready? I think we're going to be fighting here probably pretty soon. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. And then she starts to walk out of the box. She doesn't fly this time. It looks like she's going to make her way downstairs to the under part of the arena to get ready to fight in the group battle that she didn't anticipate she was going to be fighting in, but is incredibly looking forward to, given her current state of affairs <laughs> and state of being. Cool. I, I'll go with her. Uh, try to hold her hand. You know, She'll let you. She'll hold her hand. She'll... she'll she'll absolutely hold her hand, yeah. Walk down to the staging area or whatever. Meet up with uh, Neith and uh, Gelsira. Oh, Ari, quick question. Yeah. Electo asks. Should I kill any of these people? No, we should try not to kill them if possible. It's not really our style. So no killing? Yeah, no killing. Pull punches if you can. Sure. If you feel if you feel it's getting close. Sure, I can do that. Cool. Okay, so we'll go back down to where Nathan and Jelly are. That was probably best, because I would have killed probably one of them. Okay. I mean, I would have let you pick, but thanks for letting <laughs> me know. Thanks for letting me know not to kill. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be fighting Pan, you know, so. I wouldn't have killed Pan. But any of the other three would have been fair game. Probably. But, you know, I, I like Martell, and, and Perry's fun. At Theobald, I don't know what his deal is. He seems like a fun G. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go back to the staging area with uh, Nathan and Jelly. Try to work out some sort of strategy, maybe. That would probably be best. Yeah. Um, if I may, let me fight Theobald. I think I'd be the most apt to be able to handle him with his healing magics and his cleric powers, or his, yeah, his cleric powers, and that big maul he has. Yeah, yeah, and I think, uh, Jelly, I think you should, you should definitely take Perry for us, because that druid shit is just a little wild for me. Okay, I'll keep him busy. Okay, 
And Neith, you got a preference on uh, who you want to take out of Martell and Pan? Think you got a good shot at either of those paladins in full plate? Oh, yeah. As you guys walk into the bottom of the arena, again, you're divested of all things that aren't weapons or armor. So your magic cloak is gone. Your guys' traveler packs are gone. They allow you to keep all of your knives, especially your boot knives and your hidden knives, but no ambrosia, no bag of holding. You know, typical, the, the things you guys were all used to in the singles tournament. Before they took it from me, I would have snuck out like a, a some jerky, stick it in my pocket so I could feed Karga. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Slip him, slip him some jerky back there. And he takes it, and then he says, oh, thank you. You're welcome. This is good stuff. I knew somebody one time who used to feed me jerky. Good guy. Now you know another. (laughs) Yeah. And then he starts nibbling jerky loudly. Love it. And he's going to stay back there hiding in your hood because he doesn't want to be confiscated either. Do we want to do more of a one-on-one thing or do we want to do more of like, you know, have you ever seen people play, I think they call them sports? think that's the word for it but like i was kind of thinking maybe i would like hang back for the first part of it and do more like range attacks because i'm not i'm not much of a tank and those are some really big tanks yeah no i'm not sure how it's all gonna really play out i mean everything's in flux once the i've got fight some starts. fire grenades uh, but I think I was you know, gonna like throw in some fire grenades, start shooting some explosive arrows, just just rain down. Gelsira, yeah, I know you guys. I mean, both of you got fire. I just think we should just rain down hecky-derns on them. Hecky-derns. <laughs> wow, rain down hell on them. <laughs> did you, I don't know where that came from. Did no. you forget we were at the podcast and you yeah. went to work with? Okay. <laughs> Evidently, I was thinking I was around children again. Um, I like I like that idea. I think we should just. I, th- I think we should start off with range and just try to blast them as much as possible, and then we can go in because either I either need to be far away or I need to be in super close. Okay. It sounds go with good that. to me. Okay. I've got a little bit of range with my fire whip. Yeah. So is that what we want to do first? We want to initiate combat at range? Make yeah. them come to us? Make them come to us. That's we need strategy. to control the battle. And I'll use my, my machine gun. What's a machine <laughs> gun? You know, it's a thing. Is it more effective and efficient at killing? It's the best. Ooh, I want one of these. We'll see if yeah, I, I do too. Get you one. What is a machine gun? What are you talking about, yeah, Ari? I most, want one also. It's mostly just a picture I drew. Oh. But it's terrifying. Maybe maybe you know somebody who could make us one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe make us two. One for each of us. Design the plan. All right. I like this plan. I like that we stay back and initiate combat at range and make them come to us. We, sh- we should be able to get in some damage before they even close into melee. Sounds good. I think we'll have at least a second or two of range combat before, but because I know Penn and I know Martel, paladins in general, do have range attacks, but knowing Martel and Pan watching them fight, they aren't ones to stay at range. No, I've been watching this and watching them this entire tournament, and never once have they stayed at range. Theobald will try attempt to return fire, but he's only going to do it once before he gets bored with it and wants to get into hand to hand combat. And Perry will take whatever 
fucking form he wants to take and will close <laughs> the gap as soon as he possibly can. Yeah, he'll he'll do his little cheat druid stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Do you guys think that we should all f- focus our ranged attacks on one particular person? I, I already said that I would I would attack Theobald. Yeah, I mean... So I would be okay with focusing my fire on Theobald for the second or two it's going to take for him to get to us. So who's their healer? Theobald, be- Martell, and Pan. They're all healers. <laughs> Jeez, okay. Cleric and two paladins. One mm. of them is a paladin of Bahamut. One of them is a paladin of Hades. And one of them is a cleric of Hades. I mean, I like the plan of trying to take just... just I mean, if we're going to stay back to try to take one out... Yeah, focus your fire on one particular person. That way, you can, that way we can do all of the damage to each of our respective targets. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, I mean, Have I you could... ever been in war before, Neith? Oh, for a few years. That's a good tactic. I like her. It's a good tactic. You should keep me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I've got that earth elemental. We could open up with that dude doing some damage, maybe. I don't really have a lot of range attacks. My breath weapon's only like a 15-foot cone, so. Oh, yeah, you open with your elemental. Like, can you, like, bring him up over there? Like, yeah. Across the way? I just have a stone of controlling earth elemental. I just toss yeah, there it there you out, go. Toss that out. He comes up, slams. I've seen that thing slam. Oh, yeah. He, he slams. So are we all going to focus on Theobald first? No, I'm going to focus on Theobald. Theobald oh, I thought we were. You. I thought we were all gonna like attack one person i feel like they all have high hp right oh yeah yeah they absolutely do but i mean if we we all like we all take our first range attacks and all go for the same person maybe knock a person out so they're down a man i'm for that we could try that but then the one that the ones that we don't put damage on are going to be at full force at all four of us i'm fine with that if we want to concentrate fire on one of them well, I a lot of my ranged spell attacks are um, not like constant. Like it, it has a radius to it. Well, I can tell oh. you, Theobald mm. resists cold and lightning. Mm. What about fire grenades? Ari's resistant to fire. I am resistant to fire, but I don't think any of them are them. resistant to fire. None of them are resistant to fire. So, I mean, really, if we have any attacks that we could do that would hit multiple of them, explosive arrows and, fi- and grenades are good. So that I'd, would be the best. I have a. A firestorm spell. It's 150 feet foot range. Does quite a bit of damage. Ooh, start with that. So maybe that'll be a good starting point. Okay. How big is the radius? 10 feet. 10 foot radius? Mm-hmm. I think you could comfortably hit two of them with the 10 foot radius. All right. New goal, hit as many of them as possible at once. Okay. Okay. All right. It's a good plan. Great plan. I think we're ready. We're ready. All right. So... There are four names that are carved into the board. It is Ari Futan, Grand Champion of Singles. Kelsira Venfire, runner-up of Singles, followed by Neath, and then Electo's name is last. But the names were in order of deeds done in the Tournament of Blood. So Ari's name was first, Kelsira's name was second, Neath's name was third, and Electo didn't perform in any of the singles, so she's last. And then the gates open up and lead up to the hill that goes into the arena. All right, I pop in there. And as you walk through, you see a familiar golden shimmer. Save point. Checkpoint. Checkpoint has been activated for this fight. You guys know that if any of you die, 
you'll go to the underworld, you will have doors before you, you will have to go through, you know, X number of doors. At this point, it's only one because you guys reset your death count at Kronos' farm. Gangster. We don't know what would happen with Electo if she were to die in this tournament because... I don't think she's ever been killed before. She's been stripped of her power, but she's never been killed before. So that is something the DM will have to worry about in the future. Well, should it happen? Keep her from dying. That's what I'm going to do. And you guys are all able to walk up into the arena. I imagine you guys are all going to walk up together. Yeah. All four of you side by side because it's wide enough. You guys could go walk all walk shoulder to shoulder up to the arena. And as you guys walk into the grand arena, there are trumpets that play. There is loud, thunderous applause. It seems like people that have come to this tournament for these last couple days have been waiting for the group's match specifically. Yes, singles combat is great and all, but now you get to watch a group of high-character, high-level paragons of people go toe-to-toe in a tournament of blood to fight to the death however the crowd knows the four that will be on the other side of you at least three of them don't plan on killing anybody they haven't seen pan kill anybody but they don't know pan like you guys know pan so you guys know these four people aren't going to kill you they will pull punches that's what i was thinking to get you down to zero so i was worried about electo for a moment and then i was like oh yeah we're fighting people that probably won't kill electo no Pan, absolutely. And you know that Pan has stopped you guys from killing people before because they were no longer a threat and it bit him in the ass. But you know Pan wouldn't let any of the people that he's fighting with put a killing blow on anybody that is in the party. Pan especially because, you know, he loves two of you. Good old noble Pan. Yep. Good old noble Pan. He is he is lawful retarded is what they call lawful good characters. <laughs> do anything to preserve law and be good. So Pan wouldn't let any of his party kill Electo either. Cool. But you know, Paladins, Clerics, and Perry being the general good person he is, doesn't intend to kill. Yeah, I know. We've got a little bit of time left. <laughs> are we Are we up against it? No, uh, we still like got about 15 minutes. We got a couple rounds. 20 or so, yeah. Yeah, 20 minutes or so, yeah. So you guys... All four of you walk up shoulder to shoulder. The crowd applauds. There is cheering. Thank you. Thank you. The other gate opens up, and there walks up the hill four people. You see Perry in his regular halfling form. You see Theobald, Pan, and Martell in shining, gleaming, freshly polished armor. The dents you put in Pan's armor are no longer there. That's good. It it is it looks like they also had smiths that may have magically repaired their armor, or some of them may have blessings from certain gods who said, Oh yeah, let me fix you up before you go do this, buddy. Excellent. All right. And Pan is in full plate mail with his helmet already down and closed. Theobald also has a helmet on that he didn't have on before. And Martel also has a helmet on that he didn't have before. And his helmet is just a replica of his normal dragonborn head. So it looks like <laughs> his normal head, but it's an armored head. Nice. And the 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 armor, the head, the Martel's armored helmet is scaled to look like dragon scales. It looks like his head, but as a helmet. And it would open, front and back would open, so he could close it over the back of his head and his dragon snout. He wouldn't put it on in one piece. Cool. Yeah. 
because that's how a, a dragonborn would get a helmet on. I imagine it splits down the middle and with a hinge up top. All right, I uh, walk up and cast kill party, all and they're right. all dead. We win. And what's your spell save on that spell? It was like thirty. <laughs> they rolled a five. They're all dead. Nice. You win. The Good job, us. No, that actually doesn't happen. You don't have kill party. I cast heal, back to one HP. So they start walking up, and they're walking towards the center of the arena. They don't look like they are prepared for an onslaught of ranged attacks. So at this point, now would be a good time to surprise them with um, arrows, firebombs, you know, things of that nature, because they look like they're waiting for you guys to join them in the middle of the arena to hug and clap hands like you have done so many times before. <laughs> so, yes, sneak attack bonus would apply. Sweet. I take, um, I got to find out what the thing on this is. Um, 28. For a fire grenade. Oh, yeah, 50 damage. Didn't we do 2d6 plus 4 when the rogues were throwing it at you guys in the money changer? I think it was something like that. I think so, that. yeah. Yeah, so 2d6 plus 4. Plus your sneak attack bonus, which is up to what d6? 5d6? 6d6? 76. Jesus fucking 76? Christ. That's a lot. Yeah, the number. Um, so I would like to chuck one of my fire grenades into the middle of them. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, who were you aiming for? The order is from left to right, Theobald, Martell, Pan, Perry. So were you going to throw it like in the middle of all four? Like, of yeah, like in the, the middle of gotcha. all four. Yeah. Okay, so Trying to hit as many so as possible. So Pan and Martell are going to take the majority of the blast. Perry and Theobald are going to take half of that. So 9d6, nine times... Six is 63, plus four is 67. We're going to have that just for funsies. So 34, we'll call it, well, it'd be 33 and a half, but we'll round up. Oh, so, it's 5d6. Oh, your sneak attack is 5d6? No, the, the an incendiary grenade is 5d6 fire damage. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so we're looking at... Six, so 11d6, 66, so 70, so 35 halved. So Pan and Martell are going to take 35 damage, and then oh. Perry and Theobald are going to take half of that. We'll call it 18 from the firebomb that they were not expecting um, with your surprise attack, with your sneak attack bonus. And as that explodes, they begin to rush at you guys. But here is the good thing. Because none of them are casting range attacks at you yet, you guys can still cast your range attacks. It looks like all four want to engage into close combat. Perry wants to engage with you because he knows you're a druid. He knows what you're capable of. <laughs> and Theobald wants to engage with who he perceives as the biggest threat. And that is going to be Electo because she's a primordial, primordial god. And then Martell is going to attack you because he loved the fight he had with you and he wanted another one. So that means Pan is going to be rushing at you. Oh, shit. So you guys don't get to decide who's going to attack who. <laughs> they have decided that this is our target. Sounds good. Yep. So you can go ahead, Jelsira, with your ranged attack because their actions are just to run at you guys after the surprise attack. After Neat's wildly insane sneak attack surprise attack 
Boom. That's I made things go boom, and that makes me happy. How many more of those do you have? You still have four of those at least, three. right? Three, three. Okay. Three. I was close when I said two d six. I was going off a of memory. It's actually five d six. How far away are they? From where you guys were, they got up to almost to the center of the ring. They are now running. They're probably about 50 feet away. And I'm pretty sure all of your spells have at least that much in range. Oh, yeah. Question is, which one do I want to use? How far away are they from each other? They're all within five feet of each other. So a radius of 20 feet would hit all four of them. If the radius is less than 20 feet, you would subtract by one. So a 10-foot radius would hit two. A uh, 15-foot radius would hit three. Um, anything 20-foot or more would hit all four of them. Okay. So I'm going to cast a wall of fire. Sweet. But I'm going to use a 7th-level spell slot to do it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, Good job. Do as much damage here at the beginning. So um, this is going to create a wall 60 feet long, 20 feet high, one foot, uh, one foot thick. Uh, rain wall up to 20 feet in diameter. So I want to cast it right in front of them. Like, basically right on them. Like, you know. Sweet. Um, and then this is going to be, um, because I'm casting at level f- 7, it's going to be, if it, if it's a failed save, it's going to be 5, 6, 7, 8, D8 damage. We're going to assume all of them are going to pass their saves. So we're going to have that. Electo is going to watch you cast, and she's going to lash her whip out at you. And it's going to wrap around your casting hand, and it's going to empower the fire to do the full amount of damage despite them passing the save. Nice. Because you've seen Electo empower Ari's fire breath. She loves fire. (laughs) So she's going, they're going to pass their saves, but she's going to empower you because her whip doesn't reach that far. So she's going to piggyback her attack with you to empower you. So that's 8D what? 8. 8d8, mm-hmm. 64, we're going to have that. That's going to be 32, and that's going to be on all four of them. So all four of them are going to take 32 fire damage, and they are going to run out of the other side of the firewall. Pan and Martel are now screaming and roaring. <laughs> <laughs> Not in pain, but in an intimidating way, as you have seen Pan and Martel do in the past. They like to scream at people. And then Perry begins to wild shape, and he instantaneously wild shapes into a woolly mammoth. Oh, no. And he is just far enough away that he will be able to charge you, who is currently in form. So, hey, that'll be fun for you. Ari, what are you going to be doing? <laughs> I mean, I don't really have range attacks, so I guess I'm just going to like... Ki- You're going to do your golem thing. Yeah, I'm going to use the the stone of controlling earth elemental and toss that out and yell, Genuflect! And uh, the earth elemental is going to rise from the arena and uh, be a super badass about one billion feet tall, <laughs> uh, weighing one billion billion pounds there's no more arena <laughs> it's just gonna it's gonna smash everyone else in the world all the people in the O'Donodon world don is no longer in existence <laughs> it's gonna take the world and toss it into the sun with all of us on it <laughs> it's just great we win and where do you cast it at where do you where do you throw your stone it's going to uh land um probably i mean as close to uh, well i mean you know within range of martell because I see him looking at me. Sure. And I'm thinking, this is going to be great. And so it's it's going to, I'm going to toss it out there um, where, you know, not, not, you know, maybe like 
seven feet from Martel is going to appear. Oh, so he's like you're going to throw it out in front of you, and you're going to throw it far enough away from you that as Martel's running, he's going to run headfirst into an Earth Elemental? Yes. Totes. All right. I totally get where you're going with here. All right. So you throw out your stone of summoning Earth Elemental. You say your magic summoning word. Genuflect. The Earth Elemental does summon. It erupts from the floor of the arena with... A loud rumbling stone and sand explode outward as your normal-sized Earth Elemental, that weighs, you know, its normal weight. It's not a billion, but, you know, it's, it's a good Earth Elemental and is summoned right in between the path of you and Martell. So Martell will run headlong into your Earth Elemental. Pan will continue to run headlong into you. As he raises his shield and his warhammer up over his head, and you are being charged at by a giant woolly mammoth as we are getting ready to engage in combat for the first part of the tournament's team's grand finals. Oh, shit, and that'll do us for this episode of Some Would Play. Please listen next week as the tournament begins with a loud, thunderous clashing of armor, body, bone, and sinew. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do listen next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Some Would Play, a production of the Outsanity Network. Join us again next week as the story continues. Find us online at www.somewouldplay.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Some Would Play. Deborah is at Sonia Taki. Rico is at R1C0. Jenna is at Jenna Toll. Daphne is at Dafterthought. And I am Psychedelic M. If you enjoy the show, please tell your friends and share it with others. And remember, in real life, you needn't roll for initiative, so just seize it.